Hello and welcome to High Shelf Gaming Podcast. I'm the host, David Gillespie. Every week, I'm joined by my co-host, Rich Wisneski, and we bring on guests to talk about role-playing games and board games and gaming conventions. If this is up your alley, feel free to download, listen, subscribe, and please rate us on iTunes. It really helps people find us. You can also connect with us on Twitter, at High Shelf Gaming, and join our Facebook group, High Shelf Gaming Podcast. It's a closed group, but click to join. We're friendly to everybody, and we'll get you added in. We also have a Discord server to talk games with us all you like. Hey everyone, David Gillespie here again, and as always, I'm joined by the morose Rich Wisniewski. Oh, David! Yeah, buddy. If you had to pick a word to talk about today, I think you picked the word of the day. Yeah. That's a sad one. This is a sad podcast, High Shelf family. Yeah. And folks, if you want to if you want to pause real quick, and go and like multi-tab over to uh, say YouTube and load up the the Fountain soundtrack, the movie The Fountain from Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> I love it. Play some of those songs while you listen to this podcast. We can't do it for licensing reasons, but if we could, we would. So if you can, play yourself some Fountain soundtrack while we cover today's topic. I know, and it's a rough one too. Um, you know, it, it's not often that uh, you find me in a state of not being the happiest, and it's all about Netrunner. Oh, it's God. all about Netrunner. Android Netrunner, right? The card game. Yeah, Android Netrunner. The uh, and I don't know its official title. I guess it's Android. It is Android Netrunner, but do they they call it the Living Card Game? Does L five R say the Living Card Game after that? I'm really yeah. curious. Yeah, yeah, they're both Living Card the Games. Card, it's Android Netrunner, the card game. I'm actually looking at the front of the manual here. Oh, there you go. Just to double check, and yes, it's dead, and and, and it's dead in the sense that they lost the license. It went back. To wherever it lives. Uh, Wizards of the Coast. Oh, are you effing kidding me? Is Watsy screwing me over again? <laughs> they make your favorite game and they screw you over. <laughs> oh my God. How many little Watsy things? Fourth edition. You know what I mean? How many things can we get <laughs> mad about with them? You, okay, so I was thinking about it today. Between like Wizards of the Coast owning all these great products, Microsoft owning freaking Battletech and all the products I love from Fossa like a shadow run and all mm -hmm. that stuff and freaking Disney buying up every movie studio before long, dude, it's all going to be like one, you know, media corp. And like, if you want, and you see my Disney theory is not wrong. Look at that. <laughs> you just brought them up. Disney, Google, all those little funny, happy names. Yep. They need to be in these games that way. That's all there is to it. And you know what, Dave, as, and I think this came up because we've been doing these cyber series and we were talking about um, Shadowrun and Cyberpunk and we were talking about running, you know, the the, the Deckers, right? Yeah. Um, and, and really, you know, anybody who hasn't played Android Netrunner, this is totally the Decker game and the corporate game. And it's all about the cyber warfare. And I'm listening to you guys talk about Shadowrun and and uh, you know cyberpunk and I go you know those are, are they called the deckers are they called what are they called the people that make the runs so in cyberpunk they're called netrunners in Shadowrun they're called deckers decker okay yeah so I almost think 
this needs to be augmented. My game, Android Netrunner, needs to have a little mini game mm. to where when you get to the point that you're like, okay, runner, let's see what you do. You have like a pre-con corporate deck with ice Oh, you put out. And they have a hand that, that's their grip. They're not playing the game of pulling cards and doing turns, but they come prepared to run on that ice by some kind of clues they've managed, oh. or maybe they know they're going up against has biroid. So they know there's going to be some biroid ice. So they, they have a grip of their best cards and Dude. they need that run. Dude. And if they made the run successfully, boom, hallelujah, chakalaka, everybody gets the, the goods, right? But if they don't, oh, they get damage, brain damage. Oh, now maybe their grip can't be, be as big next time in the same session. I, I think there could be some crossover here. Dude, you're blowing my mind because, because you know, when you and I talked with Mike about, you know, the net runner or the decker or the hacker, it's a long time there it's basically like in D D when the rogue goes off to like scout out a thing and we spend i don't know an hour at the table while they look around <laughs> it's the same thing with the hacker they spend forever and if people like oh my gosh this is brilliant okay um we need to sprinkle this into all of our upcoming cyberpunk and Shadowrun episodes saying guys go pick up android netrunner it's a game that's now gotten a lot cheaper to buy because you've got all wow. these like hardcore competitive players they're not gonna they're gonna get rid of those cards because they're gonna jump to game of thrones or l5r or l5r yeah they're gonna jump to some other i mean really for ffg um who is who that's the one who does all this right yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, for these guys i mean the timing's almost perfect for them yeah i'm not it's not on purpose i know they didn't do it that way right but if you have to look at a silver lining they're not gonna lose their family All these Netrunner Android people can just say, hey, you know what? Let me go try the L5R. Right. And they're going to have a blast. Right. And they're going to now go focus there on another living card game that doesn't make you buy boosters. And and which, when you sit down with runners, sometimes that's one of the things that got them there was they were tired of buying a new core set every three months. But anyways, go back. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, because they're they're sick of Magic and all these other CCGs. So, I mean, okay. You're blowing my mind here because as a role-playing tool, this is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Because you'd be like, okay, let's just, let's just bang out a quick hand real quick mm-hmm. between the DM's corp deck right. and the player's runner deck and just you know see how it goes. Yeah. And you could literally hire – you could have three servers for them to choose from with different levels of ice. Sure. And instead of agenda points that we'll talk about with the game, boy, you could hide under their clues. Right. Or, or the benefits of the boons of their run. And sometimes they make them and sometimes they don't. And you just keep going. You could have a five-minute session with the runner. And then they go back and they go through their cards and they fix up another grip for the next time they're tested. And then as a, G, a DM, you could have a reward them with better stuff. Dude, we need to work this out. We need to make a supplement to Cyberpunk and for Shadowrun using this method. I think it would be totally a blast. Yeah, I agree completely because you know I've already kind of teased out to our community that maybe not this year because it's a little late, but in future years, you and I are going to run some games at some cons. Oh, yeah. Because we have all these little system hacks that we love yeah. sprinkling into our stuff. Like the, the the deck of cards. I think that's what got me drawing the line Yeah. to, well, why don't you just do this with Netrunner? Right, right. Well, and then also you've got, um, what was the other one we did? Oh, it was a Doom the Board Game. 
yeah. talking about what if you ran two games at the simultaneously and did some kind of cool stuff there. So yeah, I think that uh, you know next year, 2019, you and I are probably going to run some events, maybe at Origins, definitely at Gen Con, and we're going to do some system hacks, man. We're going to toss this in, and we're going to run some awesome games and say, okay, cool, here's your Netrunner deck. Let's bang out a quick 15-minute game, 10-minute game. Oh, uh, dude, you can do a run way quick. Wow, way awesome. quick. And awesome. so, I mean, you and that way you're not tying up the whole team either. Right. You're just you're just doing boom. It's time for your run. Right. Um, and you stack yours. You don't play yours right. You make yours the challenge level. But anyways, that's enough about that. But yes, great ideas. We're putting it on the burner. Yes, it's there. I was waiting to drop this one on Dave in the episode, so I didn't give him any heads up to this thought. Yeah, no, I'm blown away. Okay, I just wanted to give him a surprise. So before I say yes, I'm going to do this in my next Cyberpunk game or Shadowrun game. How the f do you play Android Netrunner? (laughs) Man, it is it is one of the only games that can give me a headache. Okay, and it's not a headache because I don't like it. It's a headache because I feel like I'm playing chess sometimes, Mm. and I'm thinking about every move. I have to think of economy. I have to think of cards. I have to think of their cards. I mm-hmm. have to think of their strategy. I have to think about their bluffs and their feints. There's a lot to it. Um, and, and really, just in general, you play one of two decks. You're either going to be a runner or a corp. Okay. And you bring both decks to the game. I was going to ask, like at a tournament, all the competitive players have at least a corp deck and a runner deck. That's right. Okay. And they sit down... And, um, oh my God, why can't all of a sudden have a brain freeze on how you decide who's who? Maybe you draw a token. I, I'm having a brain freeze. Um, but you'll be a net runner. There'll be a corp. You'll play a hand. And if you're the corp, you will have scored seven agenda points. So that means you loaded things on your servers that have an opportunity for the hacker to try and get them. Mm-hmm. You advance them before the hacker got them and you score the agenda points agenda points are normally two to four somewhere in that picture twos are easy to score one fours are hard to score sure sure yeah so the longer they stay out there the longer the hacker can get their hands on them so the hacker's job is to get those seven agenda points got it so and it's um it's the first to seven right that's right okay and when you build your deck as a corp, you have some guidelines that says if you're going to do 45 cards, you got to build in 21 points of agenda. Ah, okay. So, so you can't you can't starve the game. That's right. Got it. Okay. Because as a hacker, and everybody, I think everyone loves the hacker, right? Right. So as a hacker, you you go after their hand, you go after their discard pile, you go after their 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 deck before they get to it. Nice. And if they install a server, you go get it. And if you don't put protection in front of those areas, the hacker just says I'm running and they get to do it. Um, One of my favorites is to um, run on their, on their draw cards. Okay. And so if they haven't put ice up, I just go, give me the, give me, I'm making a run on your draw. It costs me a click. I get to look at the top card. Let's talk real quick terms. Um, Ice for everybody at home. Ice comes from like uh, neuromancer, the book where ice is uh, basically firewalls. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's a protective barrier, you know, keeping hackers out of networks, you know, in cyberpunkian lore, it's called ice. Black ice is like super deadly ice can kill you and all that kind of stuff. When, and I imagine that Netrunner has like different levels of ice, right? They do. And they don't necessarily, it's all ice, no okay. black ice, as you're saying, which is awesome. And again, this is Netrunner, right? This is based off the world sure. of, um, and it's funny when I meet someone that doesn't know the book Neuromancer. 
And I'm, you know, because we'll chat sometimes in between games or during the game. And I'm like, so, you know, you're a big Neuromancer fan. What's that? And I'm like, oh, boy, let me teach you the lore. Yeah. Let me teach you the lore. And then I'm like, let me tell you what my 15th level Dwarven Paladin. That's, that's right. But, that's yeah, right. so you place your ice and, you know, you put your ice face down so they don't know what it is. Okay. If they go to make a run on it, you have the choice to activate it and mm. to res it, res, you know, bring it up, res it, costs money. So you got to spend money. So little ice is little money. Right. Big ice is big money. Right. And the ice can have multiple subroutines at run. And, you know, they could be something like uh, three times it says end run, end run, end run. And if the hacker can't pay to match the strength of that type of ice and use an icebreaker that matches that type of ice, yeah, they kick the subroutine off. So they just, if, if they can't match the power and match the type with one of their breakers, the first subroutine says end run. Well, they, the run's over. If they can match the power and they can match the type and they can break the subroutines, well, they got to break three of them on that card. Okay. And so some cards have one, some cards have three, some sure. cards have five, some cards have as many advancement tokens as how many times a subroutine goes off. And normally from the hacker side of the game, it costs money. Okay. So they you pay money on the corp to flip it, res it. On the hacker side, you're paying money to match strength, you know, to build your strength up. You're paying money to break subroutines. So if you don't have a lot of cash, well, you might break the first one, but you can't break the second one. Sure. So you just let the first one hit and save your money and you try another time. Is everybody's money pool open? Yes, they are. And I think you can say, uh, how much money do you have? Sure, sure. And, um, cause I stack again, I'm not trying to cheat or be rude. It's just, uh, I need any advantages I can get. Right. <laughs> well, and you like, you like stacking things. Yeah. And, you, and if you stack the money, they, they may think you only have four when you have six. Got and that it. can help you on your run. Yeah. Again, this game gives me a fucking headache, man. It's <laughs> a strategy. Yeah. Well, and, and it sounds like, you know, if you're looking, if you're a runner and you're looking at the court player and they've got a big stack of money and they've only got the that one ice out, you're like, man, that ice might be pretty big. Yeah. You know, so just and what this, are they protecting though? Right. They, they, they might be protecting a really good agenda card. Right. So there is definitely some head game, you know, it's almost like a poker bet, you know, oh, that's a, that's a big stack coming at me. Maybe they got a really good hand in there. And sometimes the agenda cards that they put in the server, they're not agenda cards, they're trap cards oh. or they're, they're cards that hurt you, whether it's from brain damage, meat damage, or, or just making you waste your fucking time. Wow. I mean, that's what I hate when a corp guy gets me to waste $12. Yeah. And some and ticks. It's like I don't get that money back. The money's gone. So I have to go make twelve dollars again to do another run someplace else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So you're it sounds neat, like you're you're trying to figure out, okay, is is this the right time for me to bank more money? Is this the right time for me to go on a run? Is this the right time for me to do something else to affect game state, right? You got it, dude. That is the game right there. Just like on the corpse side. Is this the right time for me to play this agenda from my hand? And by the way, if I don't have my hand protected from being run by the hacker, should I just get rid of this damn thing right away so he doesn't get in my hand and randomly choose a card and randomly get that agenda? Oh. Which, by the way, I usually get most of my agenda points from hands and from the draw pile. Okay. So I normally get in on people's hands and I pull their cards first. Number one, I get to see what they're going to get. And help me kind of think about what's coming. But then I love top decking them. And it's like, oh, thanks for the agenda. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you uh, when you take an agenda out of their deck or out of their hand, that's now yours. Those are your points you get to bank. That's right. I get to put them on my side, and and there are some other fu cards that are out there. Just like I'm not a net decker, you know, I don't go, and that's I think a very common term, isn't that right, Dave? If you just go to the net and look up what people are playing, that's that's a net deck, right? Oh yeah, there's absolutely an Android Netrunner card database yeah. where people have posted all their decks, yep. and you can go in and say, oh cool, here's here's the top here's the top ten decks right now. And, and me and Rob never play that way. We, mm-hmm. We've just never been net deckers. Um, it has not, nothing against net deckers. Love you guys. Yep. Um, me and him just love messing with cards and finding our own scenarios. Um, so, you, you know, there are some net decks out there that even if I do get the agenda, they have little things on them that say like, okay, now everybody has to spend points, which is money. Everybody has to spend money. Whoever spent the most money gets to keep that. Or maybe oh. it's the match. I think it was an even odd thing. There was this one card that I put two chips in my hand and they put, that I put chips in my hand and they put chips in their hand and we show them. And on even, I get it. On odd, they get it back. <sighs> they don't get to score it. They just get it back. So there's some real FU shit going on out there. You know what I mean? Um, and there'll be someone that knows that card name. And I apologize. You know what? I uh, Maybe I should go with a disclaimer. I really love this game, but I am not on all the forums. I am not on all the online play, and I never make enough tournaments. So just <laughs> FYI, folks. Well, this is, I mean, it, casual play for these games is critical, right? Yeah. I mean, th- that was one of the things that, that really enticed me about L5R is that there's a lot of casual play opportunity just in the little online website. You can just go in there and say, hey, I want to play casual, and, and you get to play casual. Now, the high-level play is really exciting and cool, and every year FFG does Worlds, and I think they're doing one more Worlds tournament for Android Netrunner this year. And that's going to be probably super huge for a lot of folks. I'm going to play Gen Con this last year. Yeah. Robin got her decks ready. I need to mess with my Corp deck just a little bit more. But we're both going to go play at Gen Con and, um, you know, just give it one more one more spin before we put it up. Uh, you might not be putting it up so quick because if we, if we figure out a way to hack it into some role-playing games, it might be worth it to go um, start watching, like, the, the eBay and some of the yeah. Discord forums and those places and be like, because, dude, I've already seen on L5R, I'm in a, a Missouri, Kansas local Facebook group. And there's already been three or four players that say, hey, I'm getting out of L5R because, you know, I got really into this other thing or I had a thing at home and I need to offload some stuff. So here's my entire set for 100 bucks, right? Oh, wow. And I'm wondering if Netrunner is about to have the exact same windfall where people yeah. say, hey, I've got everything. I've got every pack. I've got every core set. I've got custom tokens and this and that and the other. All oh, of it. all the custom stuff. You're oh, right. Yeah. I always just use the cardboard because I'm cheap. You know that. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are so many cool custom chits and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're all tournament legal as long as they make sense, you know, when you bust right. them out. And um, the L5R is the same way. There's tons of custom little chits and stuff like that. So I could really see here towards the end of this year, a lot of big collections going for cheap. And we might need I'll to pick some what. of these up. At Gen Con, we'll sit down and I'll show you my idea. Okay. And that'll give you some to springboard off of. You know how that, uh, and, and it, for the folks that have never watched Dave and I do things, it's like, hey, let me show you this. And then that becomes this. And then that becomes that. And then this becomes that. And then we actually have a final thing. Right. Um, springboarding. 
And uh, I'm telling you, I got an idea that I'm like, dude, I think this would just be fun. It would just make that runner experience more exciting. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's doing just the run, which is yeah. really the exciting part of the game. Even when you're the corp and you've got that ice laid out and you, you got how much money you have and you see how much money they have and you see the breakers they have. And by the way, another thing the hackers get, which you'll like, is AI. Ah, okay, so cool. So there's a Crypsis card, and I'm probably messing the name up. You know how I do. And I love Crypsis. You you got to take a moment to give him a virus token. And for every ice he breaks, he blows up a virus token. So you got to kind of prep him mm -hmm. with your with your click economy, which is, you know, you only get so many clicks a turn. Okay. To get him ready for a run. But once you do, you just feed him money. You feed him money to make him stronger. You feed him money to break um, subroutines. And he's just all powerful. Awesome. He can break anything. You know, it's it's really awesome to have that AI back pocket and have a couple little that are made for, you know, certain types of ice. You know what I mean? And that way you can, you know, match. And when you hit the right corp, oh, you just blow through them. Wow. You know, you've got all the right keys to their kingdom. So you talk about the right corp. I noticed in the in the lore, there's a couple of different corporations. There's a couple of different kind of runners. So when you sit down, is it, do you know what corp you're facing off against right away, or do do you figure that out through through card reveal? Uh, you figure it out right away. Okay. Because what happens is everybody in this – now, let's see about the similarities a little bit with L5R, because i got to find a new fucking game. <laughs> you know I need to make a crab L5R deck from like 15 episodes ago. You set down an identity card. Okay. And your identity card just tells everybody what's up. You know, um, so when I sit down, I like to play Kate. And so you get to know immediately what hacker I'm playing. And so you know immediately that I like to metal. I like to change the name of Ice. So if an Ice comes up and I have the right card, I can just change the name of it to match my best breaker. Nice. And just scooch on through. Now, I can't do that all the time. I have to have the right card and the right timing and the right, you know, money and all that stuff. On the corporate side, you do the same thing. You throw down your corporate identity right away. And, um, you know, whether that's the Hasbiroid, which is, uh, or NBN, the big news network, right. you know, you throw down your identity and both of the identities do say something that's their, their flavor text and also their special ability. Like for, for Kate, I like to play her a lot that it, it costs one less for all programs. So she always kind of gives you a dollar every turn. Yeah, that's nice. Good, good economy there. Game. That's good. Yep. Some give you an extra dollar every time you make the first run of the turn. So their economy boost is always giving you a buck. Um, and then on the Hasbiroid side, it might be that your first resed ice gives you an extra dollar or gives you a dollar for resing ice every turn, you know, so you get a benefit there. But the IDs do have different special abilities. So as you buy these sets, you'll get more Hasbiroid or you'll get more NBN and you'll get new identities. Got it. They're still, so, so, in, they're still NBN, sure. but they have, they have another boon to them. Okay, I'm yeah. I'm your word out the backside today. Yeah. You have to use the word boon. I'm just using it all over the place. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah, and um, that is very similar then to L5R because you pick a faction, you pick a clan, and your clan has a stronghold. And that's like your identity card. It has a little flavor text. It has a special rule. And it really sets up – it kind of sets the tone for your style of game you know, for your opponent. So your opponent kind of knows what, what you're going to be doing. And what, what can change is throughout new sets coming out, there's new strongholds for the same clan. So like 
Um, a couple of clans now, like Phoenix, has a couple of choices now. And eventually all the clans will have multiple choices of of Stronghold, saying, I am Phoenix, but with this Stronghold, I have a different power than on a different Stronghold. There another we go. Stronghold. Yeah. There, there is some similarities there. And so, yes, I will, I will commit to buying an L5R core set when we go out to Gen Con, and maybe I can have Dude, a little teaching session with I'm, you. I'm telling you, man, go to the L5R Facebook group and just wait for somebody to sell their set. Because somebody's really? selling their trip, yeah. Because in L five R, you need three core sets in order to be competitive. Because you need three copies oh, of every card. That that kind of happens in this game too. Okay. Okay. And, and I, the the first time I found that out, somebody reached in her bag, and literally gave me my missing cards. Are you kidding me? No, just such a great group. You know, That's it's a awesome. great. You, it, and I'm sure L5R is a great community too. They were just like, "Here you go," and I, I tried to give them some cash, and they were like, "Dude, how about you just come back and play with us again?" That's awesome. Yeah, I I will say that like in L5R, I'm kind of an omni clan person. I want to play all the clans, but there's totally people out there that are, you know, they're Scorp, they're Scorpion crab. clan, crab clan all the way, and they might want a couple of cards from the different clans for their their alliances so in the game you can make alliances with other clans and have some other cards in there is that that's a sprinkle effect like in 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 netrunner on both sides the corp and the um uh hacker you can have a little bit of influence from other people so you can bring in influence has points influence is the word some of their stuff and that helps you like i can play kate right but then i can bring in some influence from it from the anarchy set and i can kind of surprise you and just like Hasbiroy can bring in a little bit of influence from the Gentiti, the uh, kind of that Japanese flavor company, and they can bring in a little bit of surprise. Yes. Yeah. Influence is the exact same then okay. in L5R. You get so many influence points, and there's things that affect that, of course. And then um, you bring in as many of your allies as you like. Now, it has to be the same ally. You can't mix and match from a bunch of different clans, but yeah, that's a big part of the game for sure. Yeah, so maybe I like that because that really there's a lot of familiarity there, you know. And one thing that is really unique about Netrunner that that really drew that drew me to keep playing it and having fun with it was the fact that you do play really two completely different sides. Like again, you're in a tournament. One's a hacker, one's a corp. You then flip. One, oh. The other one's the hacker. The other one's the corp. Yeah. Now, if you went one and one. You now play a third game till you're out of time because by God, I don't. No one ever gets a third game really done. I guess. I guess when you get really good, you just blow people out of the water. But I don't know, dude. I bet that really good players sit there and think forever, and they just run out the clock. And, and then that third game comes down to who has the most agenda points at the end of the game. They win. Yeah. And there's probably a thing if they tie that they go to something, they flip cards till someone takes someone's eye out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, they just they just fight it out in the in the street with a pool cue. <laughs> so I either go into a tournament scene and I go one to one and then I go into the last game and we see who can get the most agenda points or they go two zero to me. Like I lose. You know what I mean? So either I sit down with somebody that just totally has outclassed me. Mm. They're, they're just much better at the game and they just blow me out of the water. Um, but it's kind of fun to be able to play two sides of a fence. Yeah, that's neat. be good at both. And they're both different play styles and different. Again, this is why I get a headache. Yeah. You that's, know, that's, it's a lot of work. That's really cool because I, I will say that that is one thing about L5R is that, you know, you, you pick your clan and you're stuck with that clan the whole tournament. 
and you can change up the cards and you know have slightly okay. different variations. You have but... like magic that you can have a little sideboard. Right. You have a little sideboard you can go pull in between oh, yeah. rounds. I believe so. I'm not 100% certain, but I okay. believe so. But either way, you've got your one style all yeah. tournament long. Whereas sounds like with Netrunner, you had two styles. Now, yeah. you were married to both of them throughout the tournament, but you had some differences in the way that you played. Now, are you playing these at gaming stores or online? Where do you play Netrunner? Madness and at conventions. Okay. And I don't play near as much. And at home. Man, sure. I, I force my kids into this indentured gaming program. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I um, do. My daughter, you know, she's like, I don't know if I like playing hacker because I've made her play corp all the time. <laughs> yes. Yes. So we, you know, we, when me and Rob were getting ready for Gen Con this year, we had a, a couple Saturdays where we got together and just sat down and played. You know, you work on your deck, you play. You work on your deck and play. Yeah. And then uh, Cassidy was over one weekend. And then it was work on your deck and play against Cassidy. Work on your deck and play against Cassidy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just kind of walk through the steps. Um, you know, I, and, and, and it's it's not a quick game. And, and I'd say you, you can use, I mean, we usually set a limit, too. We don't like to play our games all the way through because you will spend way too much time. Mm. How long is it? Mean, 45 minutes is pretty standard man you can go 45 minutes in a game because again you start getting real tactical and when do you make a run and you you may both go through two turns in a row where no one's really developed the field we're getting cards mm -hmm. we're getting money mm -hmm. and we're preparing mm -hmm. to then do stuff in the field do you ever have that feeling in l5r yeah so l5r there's a there's kind of a, a boot on your throat to get stuff done quickly and oh. that is whenever you play a card, it's always temporary. Oh. So it's not like you can sit out and kind of build a, a, a field of cards and then use them all. You've got a card that's going to last a couple of rounds, and that's it. And, you, and once you use a card in an attack, typically it's done for that whole round. So you really only get one or two uses out of some of your good guys. So... um there is there is kind of a, a thing that that puts them pedal down, but I will say, you know, L five R can take thirty forty five minutes easy, even with all that action. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, um, you, you know, it's like magic. You know, right. you're, you're always you're always populating. You're not you're never not just letting the the field stay where it's at. Right, right, yeah, exactly. And that's so. I think that maybe the fact that cards are leaving the field is one of the things that actually makes it take a little longer because you're like, okay, I had a really good two rounds where I had all my stuff out, but now most of that's gone and I need to rebuild for a little bit and then I can go on my second wave or whatever it is. Um, but it sounds like with Netrunner, dude, you pay for something, you res it, and it's there until somebody takes it from you. Very good point. And that's on both sides of the fence that, uh, you know, I'll play that hacker side first. Uh, they use a lot of different words. Um, like your draw pile has a different word in your hands, your grip and stuff, but you, you don't really automatically draw cards. You have to pay for out of your click economy. You get four clicks a turn. Okay. You have to pay for out of your click economy to get a card. So you fill your hand up. You'll, you'll make money with clicks. You'll play cards with clicks. And normally what you're doing is you're, you're installing programs. You're installing some hardware, like maybe a modification to your to your deck. Dude, I love Netrunner so much. I'm so sad. I mean, it's Netrunner. It's the fucking book, bro. Yeah. It's like you're you're doing the book. Yeah. You're doing the game. And so you're you're putting your programs out, you're putting your deck out, you're putting maybe 
things that are semi-permanent, like a job. And a job can say for every click, now I get two credits from it. Or, you know, maybe it's a way of um, a pawn shop. Things I don't want out on the field anymore, I sell for two for two credit. Oh, okay. So, so you can you, you can, can like things off. Yeah, you can recover some funds. That's kind of yes. cool. I dig that. Sometimes you play a, a program for breaking and you go, that's the wrong one. Uh, and you gotta get you you gotta get it out of there. You know what I mean? There's ways to get money back from that. Got it. Okay. Okay. Cool. Now on the corpse side, you're right. You're 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 building ice fields. That's the best way I can put it. Fields of ice. Mm-hmm. And you change what's going in the server, which is the root. You're either putting agendas in, you're putting in resources to make money, you're putting in traps, you're putting upgrades on your server that maybe boost the level of all the ice on that server. Um but ice, once it's res, you can get rid of it and everything moves down in the in the field of ice because as you go out in the ice fields, you have to pay to install. So that first row of ice is always free to put out there. Ooh. But then the one in front of that one costs you a credit to install. Got the next it. next one on that is two credits, and the next one on that is three credits. That's how they keep the corp guys from having eight deep. Right, right. You know, you have to pay for that. And then, of course, once a hacker's got your number, you're sometimes leaving the ice there to make them save money up to make the run. You know, you're, you're sure it's a, it's a, de- it, yeah, yeah. You're it's yeah. delay. Cause you need to buy time so you can do the thing. Yeah. You yeah. Can do more of your stuff. And sometimes it's just early entry ice that you just want to get the hell out of there. Cause mm-hmm. they're bypassing it for free or it's just like, it's a, not even a speed bump for their game. So you want to put other things in there to try and surprise them. And so you'll get rid of things. So your ice cost goes down as you install new items. Got it. So you might, but again, a lot of permanency. So, so you might have a strategy where you start off with a lot of cheap, low quality ice. And as their stuff develops, you're like, okay, well, this is no longer effective. I'm going to get rid of it, which moves all my higher quality ice down into Mm -hmm. that first layer. Yep, kind and now thing. I don't okay. have to pay as much to put the next one out. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, you know, so a lot of fun stuff there, a lot of permanency. Uh, mm-hmm. You can get done with a game, and there's cards fucking everywhere. Sure, yeah. Um, and, you know, and that's we won't get into all the little tiny mechanics of, of memory slots. You know, there's only so many programs you can install. Oh, yeah. Because you're like Johnny Mnemonic, man. You only got so many memory spots. Right, um, right. You know, it's, right. So there's so many neat things there. Um, that are part of it. And yes, everyone can tell I like playing the hacker more than the core right? because I just do. Well, I mean, who, who, I mean, the hacker is the hero in all of these books and movies, you know, yeah. it's never the corp is the hero. It's always the hacker or the underdog. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe that's a, maybe that's a reason that they make everybody flip because no one would ever pick corp. <laughs> You know, yeah, I think, I think they, yeah. I mean, there's some wisdom to that. I, I don't know. I bet if they made corp like, there's somebody out there that would want to play corp, but you're probably right. Probably not enough people want to play corp. And I will say L5R struggles with that because you pick your clan. Dude, nobody plays unicorn. <gasps> nobody plays unicorn. Everybody plays Scorp and, and, and Crane and Lion and all the other clans. Because, dude, Scorp, uh, Unicorn, at least a couple of months ago, they weren't doing so well. Their cards weren't very good. Now, they've been doing stuff to introduce better cards for Unicorn. And they're starting to actually be able to win a game, but dude, they're a long way off from winning a tournament. Scorpion, dude, Scorpion and Crane and these control decks. That's yeah. the thing. It's like in L5R, there's all this like combat and control and the decks that are really good at controlling somebody, dude, they can just walk the game in Netrunner. What's that like? Is there a lot of combat 
uh, or is there a lot of time spent augmenting each other's stuff? What would you I'm say? I'm going to say again, I'm going to go back to the caveat of I haven't played enough tournaments. I haven't played enough things. Mm. But, man, there are there's, – there's ways to win and lose. I talked about getting the agenda points to win, right? Yep. When it really comes to losing, if the corp runs out of cards to draw – so as you remember how I like to hit the deck a lot, uh, you can also have some cards have a, have a trash cost and you'll pay just to throw that in their archives. So you're, you're kind of milling. I'm not going to use the word milling like we do in magic because you, there's, it's never that strong, right? Sure. But it, you could take rid of some of their cards and they're drawing cards. And if the game goes on too long and they run out of cards to draw, because they do draw a card at the beginning of their turn, unlike hackers, they always get one. Mm-hmm. If there's not one to get, they lose. <gasps> It's just hackers. straight loss, straight loss. Yeah, straight loss. And hackers can, and I never really see that happen. Ne- I've never seen that happen. I've never seen like a mill deck show up. There's sure. probably one on the net decks, but I've never seen it. The hackers, I can run out of cards. It's okay. It's oh. all right. I don't need more cards. I got to have my cards out and I got to have my money and I got to play them right. Right. So I'm allowed to run out of cards. Okay. But a hacker can't run out of having their grip. Got it. Their grips their hand. So if they get damage that takes them down to zero, that that's their dead. Ah. So, and then there's there's net damage, there's brain damage, there's meat damage. And again, I haven't seen a lot of decks that rely on damage. Okay. I have a lot of control decks. Okay. Let me not let you get here. And then when you do get here, let me fool you about what's there. Yeah. So it's a lot of feints, a yeah. lot of uh, how to play my agendas quicker or how to play a card that gives me an all of a sudden an extra turn and an extra click so I can score the agenda before you have a chance to even get to it. Right. Before your turn even hits, I've done something that lets me get an agenda out, advance it and score it. To where you just were sitting there watching it happen. Got it. Now, oh, oh, so that's actually a really good question here. When you're playing Netrunner, is it very much like the court player takes their whole turn and the hacker really can't do anything? They, they're just watching. There's nothing to, like, interrupt the court player's action. And then vice versa. I would believe that, and I've never seen a card come up that way, but I'm going to go back to my... Um, I'm going to go back to my... Well, uh, well, it's not my so... Caveat. It's that not so maybe common. Someone has. I, I've never, I've never seen it happen that way. Yes, not that I know of. There's no way sure. to interrupt their game. But the only way the corp interrupts you is they can choose whether to res ice or not. Okay, but either way, it's, you know, it's not so common that it's in even casual play decks. There may be some cards yeah. that do it. Uh, dude, L5R, tons of interrupts, tons of. Oh, uh, you, oh, you're doing this. Cool. Well, now that the board is in this current state, I'm going to play this card that. Send your character home, losing all their fate, and you know they're dishonored. Stuff Again, like back to a little bit more of the Magic the Gathering feel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that you have the ability to to counter and play those things at the same on their turns. No, normally what happens is you watch, yeah, and you're, you're watching a little bit in misery, <laughs> and sometimes you're watching a little bit in God. Don't do it. Don't do it, dude. Don't make a run on my hand. I'm sitting on three agendas. Don't right. do it. Don't right. do it. Please don't do it. And of course, you're trying to faint. Ugh, just got a handful of ice shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then yeah. you're hearing them say that, and you're like, do they really have ice in their hands? Right. Or my, and you got to spend money to find out. Right. So there's a lot of great excitement there. That's cool. Yeah, that, that seems kind of cool. There's a little bit of a poker element to it. You got to bluff and know when, you know, know when to even be, the, to be honest. Yeah. You know, because uh, being honest and letting them catch you in that honesty is almost as good as 
them not catching you in a lie. Oh, and playing games in the Wisniewski house. Oh, there's a lot of great bluffing going on, and a lot of pissed off people. When <laughs> like, I knew it. I knew you were lying. I knew it. You know, yeah. a lot of oh, yeah. a lot of action back and forth like that. Oh yeah. Oh man, that's cool. Well, yeah. When we get together for Gen Con, I definitely want to sit down and play a game of Netrunner with yeah. you. You and I will play some L5R. You know, we'll commiserate over the passing of this game. It's still it's still being printed, but it's in its twilight months. Oh yeah, wasn't there like one last thing that's being printed? A new uh, box set. Yep. And then that's it. Yep. There's one last thing, and you know, I don't even know if it's like necessarily Watsi's fault that the license didn't happen. You know, basically the two. Them. The two companies said, look, we just couldn't come to an agreement. And I don't know if, you know, one side wanted more or less money than the other or what. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, you know, it, it still has a few more months. So they're going to release another corset, another pack, that kind of thing. So there's still a little bit of life left into it. But, man, I think that you're about to see a whole lot of full sets of Netrunner go on sale for yeah. next to nothing. And I tell you what, I wouldn't mind grabbing if you know, I've kind of talked to Robin, you know, going to conventions with friends that I need to make a really easy to learn set. Yeah. You know what I mean? A corp that's really easy to play with, you know, very straightforward ice and a hacker that's that that is that is made to work with that corp. Yep. The where, you know, sometimes it is the draw. I mean, it is a card game. And there are times you sit down and you're like Holy smokes, I can't get one good ice or I can't get one good try and make a very clean, easy deck to right. you know, just just sit down and play for twenty, thirty minutes. Right. Yeah. Well and there's a thing about that with um you know, whenever you're playing any of these card games, what you've got loaded in there is so important. Like I, I wanna say that's one of my deck building things is I'll play and I'll be in a moment and go, God, I wish I had this card. I know it's not in the deck, but God, I wish I had it. And I'll kind of write it down. Be like, oh, I really want this card, you know. And if that situation keeps coming up, dude, that card's ending up in my deck <laughs> because if I keep wanting it and I know it's not in the deck, it's going to be in the deck so that one day maybe I get it. <laughs> there is a reason, yes. And and I tell you, it's a it's a it's a fun one. So thanks for letting me commiserate. I think I actually got over my sadness because of just how happy I am. And maybe I do need to just go buy some because I really didn't buy a ton of stuff for it either. I bought a, a couple boxes, um, you know, maybe uh, four or five. Um, I say four or five. Let's say ten of the little add-on data packs sure. to wear. And they probably have the exact same thing for L5R, don't they? They oh, have yeah. little data packs. And oh, they yeah. have a little bit of a box set that comes out every now and then. Oh yeah. And yeah. it's not really expensive. It's it's. I mean, everything's just what it costs. Right, right. Well, and, you know, um, dude, this would be like clout, you know? Oh, God, you're right. There may be there may be a tournament next year run by a bunch of diehards. Right, right, exactly. And we might be able to show up and be like, hey, let's all, you know, let's all play this game together. We know there's no new cards, but we all still like the game, and, and we're going to keep playing. Because yeah. there's a lot of people who, who really, really love Android Network. I mean, you can just tell by the reaction of the fact that it's going away. Um, you know, there's definitely some people with a lot of passion. I imagine that you're going to see it played on into the future, even if there's no new stuff coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, good stuff, dude. I'm glad we talked I about this. So. And I'm so glad you mentioned the hack in the very beginning. We're going to have to work that into our role-playing. 
Close yeah, that was my big surprise because yeah, I knew we were going to do a little mini mode or a little mini ode, mini pod, a mini yeah. episode on yeah. my commiserating. And I said, you know what? This might make this a little sweeter. Let me tell them about my thoughts here. Yeah. Uh, I almost brought it up during Shadowrun and I was like, oh, because I, I, it was when you were talking about the decks. Yeah. And I went, oh, there's some great, man, you could just have them pre made, put them out. All right, let's see how you do, buddy. Pick your pick your best seven cards. Let's see what happens. Um, David, thank you so much for letting me talk about one of my favorite games, and um, you know, just let's just all wish it well off into the uh, net, and um, know that there's an AI out there somewhere that's going to keep this guy alive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And dude, I knew we were always going to talk about this game, but once they released the, once they announced that it was going to go away, I was like, oh, when are we going to get a chance to do that? And right now is that chance. To kind of talk about it it's a little bit of a sad note i get but man i think you and i are going to find a cool way to give this thing some life into the future yeah and that'll be really cool I'm, I'm looking forward to it love it love it love it awesome well everyone at home thanks a ton for listening as always have fun and play well may all your roles be crits Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by me, David Gillespie, with music provided by Taylor Guillory. Our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson. And if you like our style, please leave a review for us on iTunes. It's the best way to help people find us. Most importantly, though, feel welcome to connect with us on Twitter, our Facebook group, Discord server, our Friday night Twitch streams, and our website, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. We really look forward to talking and playing games with you. 